0: Hi, peeps! Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate. Or visit me on Patreon. Thanks! Mm -hmm. Hi, everyone. Mm -hmm. It is uh, me. It's Sarah May. So I have a power-up for you today, and I'm calling it Brain Clutter. It's really a smattering of things, but it's for analysis, ambivalence, endless stuff. Just checking, pursuing, not knowing if any of it is right, or just asking yourself, like, when will I finally be happy? Am I doing the right thing? Is this the thing that I should be doing? But then there's constantly another thing on your to-do list. So it's kind of about trimming out the mental work we create for ourselves. And it's like mental work that fills the day, and maybe it seems like it's going in circles. Um, And this is, uh, I'm recording at home, so you might hear random birds and dogs and car horns. So do you find that you are constantly busy and overbooked? Do you feel like you cannot relax or allow yourself to be idle because you have a constant impulse to pursue the tasks on your to-do list? Like, what do I do next? What is my path? So this is for those of us who get stuck in the struggle to figure out what we are supposed to do first. So maybe you get stuck in the fretting about what has to be done instead of just doing um, and you probably cause yourself a lot of anguish or worry and overwhelm, so this is like a bunch of random insight around this issue, and hopefully one thing I say will break through. so I have some tools, and a lot of these are really just food for thought. so the first one is recognize and put down the second arrow so. This is basically, in Buddhism, there's this principle of, there's two arrows. There's the thing that hurts, and then there's the second arrow that's optional, that's like us fretting about the thing that hurts, that's out of our control. So this tool is about taking the obsessing about the thing out of the equation, because that part is optional. And that could be obsessing about how much you have to do, or feeling like you're not doing it right or not doing things right or you should be doing something else. All of that is optional. That part is the second arrow and it hurts a lot more than the original arrow, which is just um, the work that you have to do. Like the obsession, obsession around not wanting to do it or being like super overwhelmed by the size of it is the part that causes pain. The actual work is not that painful. So let's think about, let's, let's just use the work example. Think about the last time you had to do something that was tedious and painful, like a lot of stuff. The actual work, picture that, when you actually finally did it. It was probably annoying, but it was probably not like painful and haunting. The actual analysis is what really caused you suffering. So, in that moment in the future, try to remember you are only affecting this moment right now. So, as soon as you start to go into worry, trim away any thoughts or focus that are not. Relevant to what you can actually do in this moment right now. It's about the future. You're stabbing yourself with the second arrow. And that part is always optional. It's just about reminding yourself to put it down. So the next tool I'm going to call Get Real to Do. So type errors, I guess everybody just tends to stack things on their to-do list and get kind of this is how you you get in a habit unseen to you of busying yourself of constantly being occupied no space no room in your life so we tend to fill to-do lists with a lot because we think we'll feel better if we do more like I can and I will do all of this now. Like you push yourself to tackle a shit ton of stuff in a day. But what you don't realize is that becomes every day. And that becomes a life lived unconsciously over time. Like you don't have the room to just be. Your brain is constantly, you're on a treadmill. You're constantly playing catch up. So that's not actually benefiting your life ratio. And it's also not benefiting your productivity. I mean, you can accomplish quite a bit, but it leads eventually to a state of, um, I would call it non-reflective, two-dimensional thinking. You you never get access to the rest of your brain because you're only in solving mode. So you don't get the deeper wisdom and you kind of get to a place of mental paralysis cuz you're constantly like checking looking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth you don't get the the deeper awareness that might be telling you maybe I don't even want to be doing these things at all cuz you're just busy you're constantly busying so i want you to look at your to-do list right now and look at just scan over it and think is there anything on this list, that can wait until another day, that I really don't have to do today at all. Cross it off. Simplify. Make your to-do list, make it a goal to make your to-do list sparse. And um, the goal of it is not to accomplish the most shit possible. The goal is to have a mental balance where you have access to the real you. The non-busy, non clinched hamster wheel you. That's the real you. I mean, you are so much more than the shit you have to do. And if you have a really really overwhelming to-do list, and like you always do, this is something I just started doing for myself. Look across that list, and there are things you know you probably can't do or won't do today, but it's almost like um you know you're you're torturing yourself or punishing yourself by putting it on the list <laughs> whatever those things are cross them off get rid of them and make the list a completely achievable um set of things so it's the second one next one this is a boring name but it's intention setting so if you're the type of person who jumps from thing to thing, like you start doing one thing and then immediately you're like, oh, but I forgot to order the blah, blah, blah. And then you jump to a different thing. So this is a, another Buddhist exercise. But you, before you start doing a task, try stating aloud your intention before you even start. For example, um, you would say, i will finish this task. um I will accomplish this task. I will f- complete this task. I will complete this blank um and then just start it and just be just by saying your intention to complete it or to finish this will make it like you actually a higher a higher ratio of actually finishing the thing, just by saying it aloud. The next tool, fast action burn cream. (laughs) So if you're the type of person who freaks out about all the things you have to do, like you're like, oh my god, I'm so overwhelmed. Oh my god, I'm so overwhelmed. Instead of, uh, in that moment, think of yourself like you have a burn. And in order to cool it and get some like amazing relief immediately it's because it feels really painful in that situation you're like ah I don't know what to do I don't know what to do I'm so overwhelmed that rumination when you're stuck in that state of holy shit I'm screwed you are you're paralyzing yourself in the pain and what immediately makes the feeling go away is just working on one of those things Just being in a state of taking action on one of those things. So when you do that, I know sometimes there's things on your list that have like infinite, like it'll take weeks or whatever. So before you start action on that thing, set a commitment for a specific increment of time. One that is achievable. For example, one hour or 45 minutes. I'm going to work for 45 minutes on this thing. And when you break things down into those types of increments, like goals that are that small, you get such immediate relief just because you're actually doing something. But correlate it in your brain to the feeling of relief because that will make it, 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 just through repeating it, it'll make it like um, actually something rewarding to your brain chemicals. The next tool I have I'm calling it brain support slash moral support. So when you're accomplishing tasks, I think it's really helpful to move your body. I don't know if there's something you can do that is on your list that you could do while you're walking. I have a desk treadmill for this reason because it helps, me, it helps my brain chemicals flow better when I'm moving. Um, and it also helps me commit. So if you can't do that, Another thing I recommend is pairing something that is rewarding that you love with the task, even if it takes a little bit longer. It just feels like it's a little bit more um, worth worthwhile. Like it take it makes the time feel like it's better spent. So I like to smoke meat while I do my homework. Um, this, I don't even know what number that is. So the next tool I have this is a grounding reflection. So think of yourself at an earlier stage. You do this just in your mind or you could do this in a journal. Think of a time in your life when you were stuck and you are suffering from let's just call it a, an affliction of some sort. You were in a in a different stage of your personal evolution. Something you overcame. And just picture that old self, and now just like embody that self, embody how you felt and what was hurting you, and where you what your worldview was like at that stage, and now just kind of pay homage to that self and feel compassion for that self and from the place you are now, and know that you have changed dramatically since then you have come so far and you've done so much by changing yourself by choosing change and working toward it and accomplishing it and growing and you you have grown a greater ability to do that again you will absolutely achieve whatever it is you choose to you are capable. And you don't have to lump on judgment and worry onto yourself today. When things are meant to change and you're ready to change and you really want it, you will do it. You've already done it. and You are capable of that and much more because of what you went through. So the next tool I have, I'm calling stick to plan A, always the best plan. A lot of what happens when you're in a state of overthinking is you get just trapped in the analysis part. And there was a time in our lives when we didn't have to analyze, we would just do. And it was always just as good an option as any. Analysis is like the curse of the modern world. And it just causes us to waste so much energy. So this is like my go-to rule of thumb. Don't debate. If you're struggling to come up with a plan for yourself, choose plan A, which is the most immediate, best-seeming idea, whatever it is, and just let go. Fully commit as though you don't have a say and it's set in stone. And let go of the other options and just go all in. Be 100% in that experience and treat it as valid and exactly what it's meant to be in your life, which is original. It's never going to happen again afterwards. It is an experience. The analysis is the thing that makes things lesser or it adds a layer of judgment that is superficial and it's just wasteful of your energy. All of this is just life. A lot of people don't have the... The problem that is judging things we do, they just have to do. And that makes life so much easier, makes it such a relief in so many ways. So there's nothing wrong or right about anything you do or anything you choose. It just is. So let go. Let things just exist as original entities in your life, serving just the purpose of novel processes that you get to experience firsthand. And even if they're terrible, they are wonderful because literally when something causes you to feel upset or react or feel unhappy, that is a sign of growth, of opportunity. The feeling in you of feeling that rub of like, I don't like this. That is a part of you. It's pointing towards something inside that needs work, that might need to flourish or might need to to grow or change. So what is that? That's an opportunity to investigate. What is that feeling? Maybe you have to grow your tolerance. You have to practice um, patience. Maybe you have to grow your compassion. Maybe that's teaching you, reminding you to have a sense of humor. Maybe it's an opportunity to practice mindfulness. The hard times in life are the gifts um, of opportunity for growth. So look for them, scan for them, use them. When when things stay same and perfect and manageable, we don't grow. We become very boring and shallow. So you want all of those growth opportunities. The next tool is called Mini Thought Loop Cleanse. So this is something just to do regularly. I do this often now that I actually have a reason to, but deliberately leave your phone at home or turn it off for extended periods of time. And they can be really small and significant periods. For example, when you're going to take your dogs on a walk or you're heading out to run errands, Um, just choose to leave your phone off and like in the glove box or just to keep it off or in airplane mode while you're at home on the weekends. It's just to give yourself the tiniest bit more mental space. It'll create a little bit more room. So in closing, I wanted to tell you about a story. Um, I read this book with the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And the Dalai Lama is talking about how he loves when things go wrong because finally humans act like humans like all the pretense and the act um the ritual or the the behavior the false behavior finally falls away and people are back in the immediate they're back as their original selves they're not stuck in the narrative that is the habit structure that is my life or should. And all of this stuff we do every day is 99% not real. It's like a system of habits, of behaviors, routines in place that make us all behave on a loop. So just remember to look outside of that. All of the stuff, the papers, the clothes, the titles, the schedules, it means so little. It's hard to remember that when you get stuck in a routine, just the modern day loop of stuff. There's so much stuff to fill our time. And we forget that at our core we're just like these human beings. Or we're, we're organic life. And we're very um we're very animal like in just our presence. We get trapped in, like, you know, moving the food from the bowl into our little wood shaving hovel. <laughs> it's a hamster reference. Um, not to get philosophical, but if you think about it, we're we're all very much behaving according to a script. We say and do things we've learned. People like us are supposed to, in order to be correct, in order to relate. And that can become a prison of sorts because you forget that there was a time when you didn't have to do anything or say anything or be anything. There was no correct. You had no lists. Every moment of life was immediate and new. We create the lists. And yes, we have to live and we have to survive. But there is a balance to be struck that results in a better, more memorable life lived. And you have to even realize that and then deliberately choose it in order to, I guess, strive in the right direction. For example, maybe the goal of life isn't success. Maybe it's not money. Maybe it's just having a happier, more peaceful day today. Maybe the highest goal for you is being a great spouse. Maybe it's just living more presently, more deeply, more connected to nature. It's food for thought. I wanted to leave you with a fun tool. It's a dream reflection exercise. It's one that I've been doing lately, and it's blowing my fucking mind. Our dreams are basically the spewings of our unconscious. They are like the things our unconscious has been trying to get us to realize, and our conscious brain is not paying attention to. So tonight, before you go to sleep, ask yourself, or maybe write it down. Inner self. If it is your will, please reveal to me any messages you would like me to know. Love me. And feel free to customize that. So, and then when you go to sleep, keep your phone near your bed. I think it's helpful to use the voice memos app or pad of paper if you can write clearly. (laughs) And as soon as you wake up, You might wake up at like 3 in the morning. I tend to wake up at 3 and then 5 and then 6. Write down your dreams. Everything about it. The feelings, where you are, any mentions of animals and waters, water specifically. But not just literal facts, but strange descriptors. Feelings, smells. Things that don't make sense. Anything that doesn't belong. And then tomorrow... When you read that dream, look for the places in the dream where a character is stuck or where something or someone doesn't belong. And know that you are not you in the dream. You are everything. Like you're, you are the house. You are the animal. You are the body of water. You are the gate. You are the, like any inanimate object is still you. So the goal is to look for any moment of conflict where things are kind of stuck and think about what that feeling represents. What is that feeling similar to in your life? Look for the animals. If there's an animal in your dream, where what is that animal or other character trying to do? What does the animal represent? Like what adjectives would you prescribe to that that character how is that character feeling what would that animal say to you if it could speak how does it feel why is it doing what it's doing just basically give it a voice as if it could talk and then examine is there anywhere else in your life that has a similar feeling what are those adjectives correlated to in you? Are there any places in your life that you are equally stuck? Was there water in your dream? What did it look like? Could you see it? Or they describe it? Or the details of it? Was it blocked? Water represents like your deepest intuition, like your original soul, your original self. So if something was related to the water or around the water in your dream, what was it? Who was it? What could this possibly represent as a symbol in your life, like as a metaphor in your life? What does this mean to you? Our unconscious brings up objects and people that symbolize certain ideas and feelings to us. Like, so it's not about that thing. It's about what that thing represents in our memory. Like, they become icons for things. For example, I had a dream that took place outside of my grandparents' house on the roof. My dog was on the roof. And I used to play on the roof all the time as a kid with my cousins. And it was awesome. So it represents total unfettered freedom. That's what the roof means to me. And the dog is my rescue, who's young and anxious and tries really hard but is clingy and needy and has abandonment issues. So the dog represents a part of me. So my what I'm reflecting on, what does the connection mean to me? What is that tied to in my inner self currently. And that's all kinds of deep and awesome. And this is obviously a very cursory explanation of something incredibly vast and complex. But it's really revealing to just practice the investigation of these ideas and themes and what they could mean for you. And it's really about the practice of Of reflection. The reason to do this is not to get super clear, precise results. Because I will tell you it's really complicated and it's confusing. It can mean a lot of different things, but it's really interesting. And if you're like me, it's a step removed from your routine, your day-to-day, which makes it mystical and creative. A thought exercise that takes you one step closer to the life that you are gifted one that revolves around curiosity, wonder, and play. So choose something novel, not prescribed, not a script or routine that has been planned out by culture, something that is off your beaten path. Because as an exercise, that leads you to a more immediate and original you. Your day ratio can be totally different and new starting right now. It begins with you realizing that is something you lost and that you want back. So I hope this inspires you to give yourself a little bit of space or maybe try something new other than another to do. And if you're interested in more of just this colorful philosophy stuff, I I'll put three books they're mostly for fun in the show notes. So I hope you enjoyed this. I send you my love. mile.